The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more. SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race strips to the Porta Johns. It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. SlayRx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA food scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT22 for 10% off at their website. Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITO Coaching Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and Slay RX. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys, and I'm a college professor. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am the mom to three girls, and I'm a CPA. And my name is Eric Hall. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm the father to three college students and the husband to a beautiful wife, Melissa. 
Michelle, forgive me if I say so. It doesn't sound like you're in Atlanta, Georgia right now. <laughs> that is true. Um, I'm on my way home from Hilton Head, South Carolina. So I'm uh, an endurance athlete on I-16 uh, heading back home from a few days at the beach with my family. Okay. And, and so that then begs the question. You said last week exactly the reason why you weren't volunteering for the Blue Ridge Relay is because you're going to be on Hilton Head, but the Blue Ridge Relay doesn't start for 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, George, I actually, I know this is uh, like um, sometimes, you know, not believed by others. I'm not superhuman. I cannot come home and unpack from the beach and then leave 36 hours later to go to North Carolina to volunteer for the Blue Ridge Relay, unfortunately. So in my mind, I went to, I'm in Hilton Head. I'm coming home from Hilton Head. It is gonna take me just too long to recover um, from being at the beach for a few days uh, as it will for you guys to run the Blue Ridge Relay. So, uh, yeah, I don't know I, I don't know, that. it's like, have you been to the beach with your kids? <laughs> Do you know what it's like at the beach with kids? Like, it's a- uh, do I know I what it's I like at the down. beach with kids? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> right. So I want to tell you, I had one goal because I get a, a newsletter Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday um, in my email, and I get very few running newsletters, four total. And my goal for the entire time was to read one linked article from one of the newsletters while sitting on the beach. At no point in time did I sit in a chair or sit on the beach in general long enough to read one article. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lovely, relaxing trip. <laughs> My kids had a great time. They thanked me for good. the memories for the umpteenth year, and that's what it's all about. So good, very good, very good. Well, I look forward to seeing you in the starting line on Friday morning, one way or another. Um, because, like <laughs> Ken said, and we'll be debriefing our interview with Ken here. He said, you know, if somebody shows up on the starting line ready to volunteer, he has his little bag for him. We'll tell him where to go. Right, Eric? Yeah, he said yeah. he will put them to work. Is I think what he said. <laughs> Awesome. You guys uh, keep dreaming over there. <laughs> um, Eric, how you doing, man? How you been? You know, it kind of might bleed into our discussion about the Blue Ridge Relay since this is almost um, dedicated to Blue Ridge Relay, but I'm feeling a whole lot better than I was a few days ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, those who aren't aware, a few days ago, I picked up some food poisoning and not the best thing to happen right before a multi-stage uh, relay race. Um, and I am uh, yesterday and today were the first couple of days that I've started to actually get calories back in and rehydrate. So not the best start to my, my taper week, but good <laughs> that it was a taper week, I guess, you know, it wasn't like, so, so yeah, I'm, but I'm doing a whole lot better. I've, I feel better. I've had people say, "Oh, you you look like a human again." Um, I'm vertical. Those are all <laughs> those are all really good things. <laughs> so very good, very good, good to hear. I do think you look pretty good. I'm looking at you. I'm actually laying eyes on you, Michelle. On the other hand, I don't know what she looks like right now. She's nice and tanned and relaxed, coming or not so relaxed, coming back from the beach here. But but you look okay <laughs> to me, Eric. I think you're doing all right. I appreciate it. Um, so I, I look forward to seeing you in person tomorrow um, and, yep. and, and assessing live exactly how you look prior to our start of the race here on Friday morning. Michelle, you'll have to tell us what, how you think Eric looks on Friday morning as well when you see him at the starting line. <laughs> I, I'll definitely, you know, I'll give you uh, my most honest opinion. All right. Very good. Very good. Michelle, 
like I said, we're going to be talking about our interview with Ken, debriefing that like we often do. We debrief it afterwards. Um, and then we're going to be talking a little bit about kind of where Eric and I uh, are prior to the start of the, the, the Blue Ridge Relay here. Um, but we can't not mention UTMB. I think we'll, we'll circle back around to the world's most competitive and famous ultra race um, sometime over the course of the next couple of weeks here. But can you give us a quick rundown of what happened there? Sure. Um, I think in the women's race, we had, you know, I'll just back up by saying it's interesting because last year um, the pandemic was, you know, much more kind of in our faces and um, people were just starting to get vaccinated. But this year, because of the different variants of the pandemic, it turns out that whereas last year there weren't as many, you know, COVID positive cases, people got to the race and they, they made it through. Um, we saw right away from the beginning that is teams got together and people started sharing houses and uh, a lot of people tested positive either right before the race or there were some early DNFs and then you know they realized when they felt awful out there and exited the run 10-20 miles in that they were also positive for COVID. So um, you know right away what comes to mind Sabrina Stanley went in super hot that not only was she going to win but she was going to break the course record um, she didn't even start. And then one of my favorites, Ken Pollitson, uh, he went out, but he exited pretty early and, and also came down with COVID. So there was a lot of COVID this year, um, even though, you know, I think generally speaking, the world thinks we're, we're kind of past it. Um, so that's just a bit of a precursor. But as yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just add year, real quick, the, you know, the Vuelta a España, the Grand Tour, the Tour of Spain is going on right now, and it's kind of a similar situation is that the world's kind of moving on, the sport's kind of moving on, but there's still been several riders and, and staff members of teams that have tested positive along the way and have had to leave the race as a result. Um, and so it's still yeah. very much a I mean, factor. And, yeah, and to say nothing of the athletes, a few of them that ran Western States got COVID, recovered from COVID, and also went out to do you know one of the multitude of races that make up UTMB. But at least just in terms of, uh, you know, UTMB itself for several years in a row now. The American women have just dominated. Um, we saw Katie Scheid, who she actually is American, but she's been living overseas, I think, since 2016 or 2017. She initially moved to Zurich to start a PhD in geology um, and got really into trail running, mountain running, ultra running there. She's been a professional athlete mostly for the last three years. Um, she does have a previous UTMB finish and went out there and was really not on the radar, um, but just took the lead pretty early, uh, lost the lead maybe around 70 miles. I want to mm -hmm. say maybe around 100 kilometers, um, yeah. but then regained it and, and came away with a victory. That was that was great to see. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's, 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 it's rare that somebody gets past that late in a 100-mile race and then comes back and regains the lead. Very cool. Yeah, and to say nothing of the fact that she was passed by the third place finisher at Western States, who ended up coming in second place uh, behind Katie at UTMB. So it was a, a phenomenal run for Katie. I heard her uh, on, I think, single track podcast say that she's kind of done with UTMB. She wanted to go back and, and just kind of have a feel good run and winning uh, was more than, you know, she, she had expected. Um, she started working with Jason Coop uh, more recently, uh, she had previously had a, a French coach, and I know we've talked a lot about a lot about um, Coop and his podcast and, 
some of the stuff that he's written. So just another fantastic win uh, for an American ultra runner on the women's side. Very cool. Very cool. And then and on the men's side. It was, it was a course um, record too, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I think she and Mary, I think they were both under the course record. Yeah. You'd have to, someone's going to double check me, but I think first and second place female were both under the course record. So yeah. yeah. Just really phenomenal run. They got really lucky with the weather also. Um, but I don't want to take away from an amazing performance because right. it was good weather. So. Right. And it was uh, also a course record on the men's side. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, Killian is just, he's just got to be the best there ever was and maybe the best there ever will be. Um, so he went out and, you know, him and Jim sort of, again, Jim Walmsley, American, uh, Vietnam ultra runner. He actually moved about four months ago. He took his fiance out to Chamonix so that he could train on the trails. Uh, he did not run Western States this year with a sole focus on, on UCMB. And he finished higher than he's finished before, but at some point, you know, he, he had said in a post-race interview that he was trying to put as much space as he could on Killian by hammering the downs. And when his quads gave out, I mean, they, you know, Killian just sailed away from him basically. So another amazing run by Killian. Um, he's just seems like another level, but it's, <laughs> it's fun to watch him run. So yeah, the sure. French men are just amazing at UCMB. I mean, maybe that makes sense. It's like their backyard, but I feel like they had four or five people in the top 10. Mm -hmm. um, so very good. Very good. Like I said, we'll talk more about it later on because they were some pretty incredible performances. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, both course record performances, both are currently on Strava, as a matter of fact. Um, and so you can go back and look at their splits and everything else. Um, and uh, and and yeah, there's more to say about UTMB as well, because UTMB is more than just the one single race. It's actually several races of all different lengths, um, some of which are even longer than that sort of marquee 100 uh, mile race. And so we have a few other things we'll, we'll talk about over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, so, but thanks for the, thanks for the quick recap there, Michelle. Um, sure thing. let's, uh, let's talk about Ken Savinsky. Um, uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. I know Eric did Michelle. I know you did Michelle. You had the first hot take, um, on, uh, on Ken, uh, like literally before I even published it, before I put it out there, before I was finished with the editing, um, you, you wrote to us on the text thread, like a couple of hours later. Do you remember what you said? I do not. <laughs> and it's so unfair because I can't even look it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, do you remember what she said? Um, <laughs> uh I, I do have the benefit of going back in the text thread, but I'm not going to. So, okay. Okay. She, she said, she said, uh, he seems excited about it, but he seems really tired. Um, and, and I think that's accurate. He said that this year, um, it felt like they had already done three of them. <laughs> he said it, it felt like he had managed yeah. and already gone through the finish line of three separate Blue Ridge relays. Um, I think you were accurate. Um, is that, that, yeah, he was excited. Um, but, but he sounded tired. He even was a little bit scratchy. He had kind of some sort of maybe, uh, infection, like a bronchial infection, the sort that you get when you're kind of exhausted, you know? Um, and, and so he looked exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And he looked exhausted too. I was going to say, so we, we, we didn't, uh, of course we had the benefit of seeing him, whereas everybody else was, was simply listening to what he had to say, but he also, you're right. He looked exhausted. 
um, um, I felt kind of like a jerk saying, so tell us about your other races. And he's like, <laughs> this is pretty much all I can do, <laughs> um, uh, which was a legit, uh, thing for him to say for sure. Um, I never realized, you know, on that note, and he mentioned this when, when, uh, we were talking about it, that he has another business entirely that he owns, um, Gum Ridge Mill and Flying Pig Furniture. And they do a bunch of like custom woodworking and stuff like that. I'd always wondered why they were like the uh, the sponsor of the New River Marathon or the Blue Ridge Relay. It always felt like sort of a strange fit, but I was okay with it. Um, and well, that's why it's because he owns that business as well. Um, and they do things like, like they can make custom wooden pieces for your house, be it like picnic tables or even roofs and things like that. Um, and so, so pretty cool. Um, my trophy for the, uh, new river marathon was actually a, uh, a fish that had been carved out of a piece of reclaimed wood, um, which was a great trophy by the way. Um, but, uh, that makes a whole lot more sense now, given that he's actually a business owner of a woodworking business. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, um, uh, awards from races are the handmade ones, mm -hmm. you know, Peyton's, they do the handmade awards. Mm -hmm. Um, the dog at 12 hour, they've always done plates they do. Uh, and I think those are some of the coolest, you mm -hmm. know, and they're, they're timeless. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. yeah, I always really like unique awards in general on my patents award to the point of your point of it being handmade. They actually made a mistake. Um, and so there's like a mistake on the back of it. It's like, whoops, we made a mistake here. Congrats on your win. And you flip over to the front and it's, <laughs> it's correct on the front. Yeah, that's uh, right. They like misspelled Peyton or something like that. I don't know, but, uh, um, but, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, the Atlanta track club has been doing a lot more unique awards over the course of the last little while, be it like uh, a Yeti mug or like a baseball bat or like a scarf or all sorts of other things like that, which um, I'm certainly here for. I think it's very cool. Eric, what was your favorite part of the interview with, uh, with, with Ken? I, I, I wanted to say that even though he was tired, he was visibly tired. The, and, and this leads to what I enjoyed most about the interview is his enthusiasm for this race yeah. bleeds through everything he does. And, you know, the listeners, all they got to hear was the interview. And I say that because uh, we sort of have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. um, even at the Tobacco Road Relay, when we were there, you, we, we talked a little bit about Blue Ridge Relay, and you can just hear the enthusiasm, yeah. the love he has. And when he talked about, hey, the whole point of this was to showcase this beautiful place where I live. Yeah. And it just so happens to be runnable. And it just so happens to have these, you know, epic legs. And it just so happens that 200 teams come out here every year and enjoy it with me. You know, he, he endures all of that you know, not just because it's a part of his business, because he really likes it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that that's, that's, you know, the dream job is the job that you enjoy so much. It's not work. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to say it's not work or he doesn't feel like it's work. He's obviously tired, but his enthusiasm and his love for the race really bled through the whole interview, the smile right. on his face, the stories, you know, his willingness just to do that interview at the at the time he did yeah um so yeah that, that was my favorite part of the interview and i expected that after our previous interactions because like i said tobacco road relay we get all the emails from him in the lead up to the race we see him at the race and that's the same ken you always see yeah yeah 
I agree. And he's very responsive. He's a very present race director. Um, you know, if you send him email, he writes you back, whether it's for the new road relay or the tobacco road or the new road, new river marathon or the tobacco road relay or, or for the blue Ridge relay. Um, yeah, he, he, he's, he's committed to it. And he clearly, like you said, enjoys it. Um, that makes for a better event, right? Um, right. that, well, and, that he, you know, he actually likes doing it. And, and so that kind of love and passion, you can, you can sense that when, when yep. you're actually on the course. He's bought into it. Yeah. You know, it's his. He actually said that story about, well, a few of my college friends said, hey, let's put together a team, but we'll only do it if you run with us. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of, well, I can't really, yeah, let I it can't go. dedicate that because yeah. this is my baby. And I want to make sh- his response wasn't, I want to make sure everything happens the way it's supposed to. It was right. when people ask questions, I want to make sure they get the right answer. Right. And it wasn't just, he wasn't just talking about the runners. He was talking about the volunteers or the captains right. that are out there and the communities right. and all that. So, right. and you know, it's funny I, when you said he's responsive, I thought back to 2019, I think 2020, no, it was 2020 where um, due to some, um, we'll just call it personal issues. I wasn't allowed to, I wasn't able to leave with the team. And the that expectation was, was, it was 2019. And the expectation was you guys were going to run without me. Mm-hmm. And then things changed and I drove out there and I met you on the course, mm-hmm. but because you had registered or we had registered as then a five man team, there was concern that, you know, the race says, you know, you have to stay in order and you have to have everybody at the start. And Ken responded to emails from you guys in the van. Mm-hmm. You guys were able to get me on the the list and you know sign me in basically right i showed up at the exchange zone between legs five and six and i ran leg six and with, that was with, with about with about 10 minutes to spare so with about 10 nice. minutes to spare yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> it was great it was very well timed so, but i think the point being that ken was responsive enough mm-hmm. even in the melee of the beginning of the whole event 200 teams to respond to Lee's email or our mm-hmm. team captain and to say, yeah, we can work this out. And, yeah. you know, and that was just huge. I mean, I agree. And so he's extremely responsive. He loves it and he wants as many people as possible to enjoy it too. Yeah. That's or a good to point. Suffer through it. <laughs> to suffer point. through it. Yeah. I think my favorite, or I don't know if it's sad or if it's favorite, but when I asked him if he's run the course, mm-hmm. um, I, I expected really that he, had run it maybe just over like different points in time like he said that he wanted to run it but what I liked the most was that even though he hadn't run it you could tell that he really wants to run it right like he wants to do it all um so it feels like you know maybe hopefully he'll I mean support raising four kids and running another business and you know directing all these races I can understand why he hasn't but I hope (laughs) at least for him or you know, for his sake, that he gets the opportunity um, to run every leg of the relay just the way that he wants to run it, um, especially sure. if it's unlikely that he'll ever actually be a participant in the race. So. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, when he was talking about not ever being a competitor in the race or, or, or being a participant in the race, and like Eric said, sort of handing the reins over to somebody else, it reminded me of the times when I've gotten a sub for my classroom. Um, that, you know, you have to, from time to time, get a substitute teacher. 
Um, and, and it's difficult. It's not as hard now as a college professor because I have a different relationship with the literal classroom and of course with the students themselves. Um, but when I was a high school teacher, it was very hard to hand your class over to somebody else and just trust that everything was going to go okay that day. Um, uh, because you were worried about some sort of crisis arising and, and was the substitute going to be able to handle it the way that it needed to be handled and, and all sorts of things like that. And crises certainly arise. <laughs> I mean, as Eric just said, we had a crisis in, in 2019 and he responded to it promptly and, and we were still able to compete and compete well that year, uh, despite the fact that, that, um, the, 48 hours beforehand did not unfold the way that we had envisioned, <laughs> right? you know? Um, and so if, if, if he would have had a sub that day, um, you know, it's entirely likely the sub would have been like, yeah, no, the rule is this and this and this and this and this. And so we're not going to, to let you slide in here and, and, and make a slight change to the rule. Um, yeah. So, so I, I appreciate what you're saying there as well. Um, I would like to see him do the entire course because I think it'd be fun. You know, there is a guy who's done the entire course solo. Um, he did 57 hours. He ran the entire 2000 or 200 miles in 57 hours. Um, I didn't actually realize that until only a day or so ago when I was on the website looking at all the various course records. And there's one for solo, 57 hours. So maybe that's how he'll end up. So interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because it's not a a solo course. It's not meant to be a, a solo right. run. <laughs> right. No, and that's a good point too. And that actually segues into the other thing that really stood out is is um, how much he really likes the team format. Um, and the New River yeah. Marathon was great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that, that that there was any problem with that. It was it was a it was a well run marathon, and he did a good job. And, and I enjoyed being there, except for the fact that the last 10k was <laughs> devastatingly painful um, and you knew it going in because you so, had seen it <laughs> yeah yeah well and i well after we quit recording last week i gave him a hard time about how hard the three miles between 17 and 20 were on that course and he's like oh that's like my favorite run i was like yeah but you've never done it between 17 and 20 of a marathon he's like point taken um but uh but anyway but it was a well-run race and it was a good course and they all did a, a really nice job for sure. But clearly his love is in relays. Um, you know, like he said, it was, it was the Blue Ridge relay that got him into doing any sort of race directing at all. Um, the new race, the tobacco road relay, also a relay. Um, and then he told us a little bit more about the race he has in his back pocket. We're of course not going to spill the beans on it here uh, for everybody. Um, but suffice to say, it's a relay as well. Um, and so, so, uh, that's clearly where his love is. And I think that's probably a good thing because to Eric's point, um, if he's committed to relays and loves relays and thinks that that's like a really valuable race format, he's bound to be more committed to it. And, and he's going to put on better relay races than he would solo races. You know, Eric, are we going to have to start like doing all of his relay races? You think? I think we will. As long as he keeps so. them in the Southeast. Yeah, <laughs> I think we will. But, but yeah. what if he doesn't keep them in the Southeast? What if he does like the Great Plains relay race or something like that? Well, first of all, you don't have to worry about that because he said the one in his back pocket is in the Southeast. True. So let's get that one up and running and then we can figure out whether he's going to the Great Plains. But the real True. question is, is do these relays have a co-ed team option? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and in fact, the, the, the course records, they, they keep separate course records for mixed teams and for, for single gender teams. Um, and so there's, a, there's an ultra mixed division. There's, a, there's a, a standard mixed division. 
um, in addition to having a men's division and a women's division. Um, so why do you ask, Michelle? Because I'm really excited about the small details uh, that we found out about the race in his back pocket. And I oh, think it would okay. be really fun to run with you guys. <laughs> right. And maybe yeah. I could recruit um, some more speed. Maybe I could get Allison to join us or something because she's so fast that it makes me faster. There you go. Well, that's good. <laughs> I, I, I like where your head's at there, Michelle. I appreciate that. Very like good. Like if you average our time, you know. So, in, the, in the event that he does announce that race and, and does move forward with it, we will definitely talk about it. And I will hold you to this, Michelle, for sure. For sure. I, I believe that, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, another thing I, I really liked about it. And I, I, Eric, when you said my favorite part of the interview, I thought what you were going to say is when I asked him about changing legs and about when they sometimes will have to introduce a new leg or when he's looking for new places to create a different, uh, stage mm -hmm. of the race and stuff like that. Um, and I said, do you ever like X one out because there's too much traffic or because it's too hard or because there's too many turns or anything like that? And his immediate response was, I never cross anything out because it's too hard. too hard. <laughs> that was great. I thought that was funny. Eric, Eric started laughing and gave a thumbs up on the, yep. on the Zoom when he said yep. that. Yeah, yeah. His response to that was almost like incredulous. Like, why would I nix a leg because it's too hard? Like, there's nothing that's too hard for my relay. Well, and, if, and, if right. you've, and if you've done the relay and you've run um, – epic stages like 31 and 33 or even you know the end of the race 36 or what 35 um, is going to be this year what 35 <laughs> is going to be this year and possibly in years to come mm -hmm. um and then or grandfather mountain uh, or there there's a lot of them mm -hmm. that are just they're just you know 32 so you you know he speaks the truth i know he speaks the <laughs> truth right they're they're they are killer legs so he when he said well yeah hard hard doesn't stop me from <laughs> you know publishing a a course no kidding right. like right. so and some of those most beautiful areas that he wants to showcase that's just where they are right they're they're off I mean, the grid they're not where you're going to have a heavily trafficked road so what's that going to be well it's going to be a road that runs straight up a mountain right right are these legs so hard that you guys are more power hiking them than you are running them uh, it depends i mean it, it, it depends on the space i mean generally we try to run as fast as we can because it's still a race right and so our team sure. um is still i mean we, we still try to compete as best we possibly can. And so we're still trying to move up them as best we possibly can. Um, leg 33, which Eric just mentioned, which I have the pleasure of running this year, it has the steepest grades in the race, both the steepest uphill grade and the steepest downhill grade. Um, and I know that Brett has hiked that grade in the past. When I ran 33 a couple of years ago, I never power hiked it, but my pace dropped to, I think my slowest pace was like just under 13 minutes per mile. Um, and so you're talking about a tiptoe, um, you know, not moving very quickly at all. Um, I know that, that um, a couple of us have had to power hike on 31, um, which Eric is going to be running this year. Um, and Eric, didn't you say your goal of 31 this year is to run the whole thing? Regardless goal of the is my goal is to run the whole thing regardless of the speed and just as a point of like th that's going to be in the nines probably mm -hmm. like nine minute pace and for you know to 
my previous Blue Ridge relays, all of my average paces for the five, six legs, seven legs I run are generally 720-ish, 715-720. So there's going to be sec- some sections of, of that leg that are very slow. Mm-hmm. And to go back to leg 31, you know, I quote unquote power hiked it a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. And um, I had two legs that are two miles well, three miles all around 12 to 14 minute miles. What, what you said 31, what that, cause I 30 ran 31 three. last year. 30, 30, you did 33 30. last year. I did okay. 33 last year. And yeah. I had, you know, you're talking, I think it points, it's almost 20% yeah. grade. It's, yeah. it's insane. It, it's insane. So yeah, back to the whole difficulty question. Nah. And, yeah, you're right. And, and the other thing we, we should also mention, dare we not say this, um, that the the reconstituted leg 35 this year is particularly difficult um, and, and it has some really steep pitches and it's like nine miles long I mean it is a killer um, and uh, Lee gets to run that this year and as yep. you pointed out it has caused him a lot of consternation over the course of the past couple of weeks rightfully so understandably so yes it has um, uh, for sure um, but, uh, but yeah, so we're talking about all these epic legs, and how difficult they are. And I say that 33 has the steepest grade. So there might be a slightly steeper grade there in 35 someplace this year, at least. <laughs> uh, but we'll see, but we'll see. Um, so excited for him to run that for sure. Um, for sure. Um, uh, I thought it was good too. It's always good whenever you have an interview. Um, I feel like to get inside of somebody's head, you get a glimpse of the way that they, they think, you know, um, and I think that that was true here as well. Um, and, and I appreciated the glimpse into his thinking about the different teams and competitors and that sort of thing. Um, and, and he said, cause Michelle asked him about Grant Fisher, right? Um, he said, you know, I'm super glad that Grant Fisher's there, but I'm just as glad that all these other people are there as well. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's one thing for a race director to say that I think he actually meant it, um, that, that it's not that he undervalues that one of the greatest distance runners in the world came to his race last year. Um, but I do think that, that he values the, the presence of Grant Fisher as much as he values the presence of us, um, and, and, and lots of other teams. And that's something that I think is, is actually pretty cool. Did y'all get that impression too? Eric, did you get that impression? 100%, 100%. That's exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But he meant it though. Right. Yeah, he did. He meant yeah, it. Yeah. He meant it. He really meant it. Yeah. Well, and he's I think like, that, yeah, it's cool that he's there, but you know, right. And, and, and I think that, that given that, that makes the situation last year with Grant Fisher's team make so much more sense, frankly. Um, it's not that he doesn't like the competition. It's not that he doesn't like Ken doesn't like to see teams, you know, going really fast. And, you know, he mentioned that the year that the two teams finished 10 seconds apart, which blows my mind, by the way. Um, it's, it's not that he doesn't like to see that. Um, but in his saying that I value Grant Fisher being there as much as anybody else, it shows why it is that, that he didn't really hesitate to disqualify Grant Fisher's team last year when they went outside the rules. Um, and, and I think yeah. that, that a lot of folks were, were kind of blown away by that. How can you disqualify that team? And he's like, well, I mean, I disqualify the 40th place team if they did the same thing. Um, and so, so to him, it was not like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm disqualifying this marquee team for him. It was, it was, I'm, I'm subjecting teams to the rules and I would have done the same thing anybody else. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? 
I also like that he doesn't use um, the fact that Grant Fisher and all of his running buddies are there to like hype the race or get bring mm-hmm. more attention to it. Like yeah. he's really, and I and I think that would really be um, upsetting to Grant. Like I think a big part, and I think we talked about this a little bit. The reason you why said he that, goes yeah. there is probably just to kick back and you know have a running weekend with his friends, low key off the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see a lot of race directors just really being, you know, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. They're gonna market the people that are coming to their race in order to hype their race and he doesn't really do any of that so I like that yeah and you mentioned that and I think you were totally right when you mentioned that during the interview that what Grant Fisher is looking for is probably very similar to what Eric and I are looking for um if anything we're actually similar yeah if anything we're actually probably probably trying to be more competitive in it than Grant Fisher was trying to be in it it's just that you know Grant Fisher's jog is our sprint of course um uh, yeah did ditto for all of his and I feel like Ken himself, it felt like he could really relate to that because he said, you know, he ran Bucknell and then he ran professionally a little bit here and there. But when he went to go do Hood to Coast, which is what he modeled Blue Ridge Relay after, for him was just a fun relay, you know, with his running buddies, uh, place, time, didn't matter, but they still took it really seriously. So yeah. trying to give people that same experience over here in Blue Ridge. For sure. For sure. Um and so, so yeah, I, I, I liked his talking about that. Grant Fisher will not be there this year. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the diamond league final is this weekend as well. And so he's going to be over in Europe actually running, you know, doing his job, I guess you could say he has work, you know, he's not skipping through the Hilton head <laughs> or something like that. So, you know, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's going to be actually running in a far more competitive race uh, uh, this weekend. So but we will keep an eye out for, um, for his buddies. One thing that I did wonder, and I didn't, we didn't even talk about this after, is he said that the two most competitive teams um, in the past were not, neither of them were racing this year. Yeah. Do you guys have any idea why that is? Um, no. Um, I don't. Um, and, and I figure that, that maybe we'll hear something about it once we actually get on site and start talking to some other teams and stuff like that, or maybe not, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. I think that, I mean, if I had to guess, my guess is kind of similar to what you said about UTMB at the outset, that, that there's still this sort of cloud of, of COVID-19 hanging over a lot of races. Um, including this one, um, you know, we're, we're, they're back to roughly 160 teams this year, which is great. But in 2019, it was 200 teams. Um, and so that cloud still kind of hangs over this race a little bit. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of COVID-19 related reason why those two groups aren't fielding teams this year, but I'm not sure. That makes know. sense. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, my like instant, people- my instant response was he brought that up when we asked about Grant Fisher and his team. And my instant thought was, oh, no, because they signed up again. These other two teams said, oh, we can't win, so we're not doing it. <laughs> Maybe. Th- that's the competitor oh, in me. No. Though. That, that's the competitor in me. you know. And I was like, oh, that's not a great way to think about it. I hope that's not what it is. So, I hope not, too. I think it's just hard to – it's hard to get 12 really – fast runners together um you know we we, we can't get six together <laughs> no that's right <laughs> or we can get six but 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 one of them drives most of the way right, right. Um, and so but you need so, a driver 
So we do need a driver and our driver is fantastic. That's one of the great features of the entire thing. Um, but, but yeah, you know, a few years ago we were trying to figure out, okay, can, is there somebody else we can add? Is there somebody else we can find? And, and most of the people we looked into um, and, and asked about it, we couldn't find. And so we eventually just kind of said, you know what, we like this five of us run 35 of the legs and the sixth of us drives and runs the first leg. We actually like this setup. Um, yeah. And so that's what we've been going with. Um, um, speaking of which, Eric, I will be meeting said driver, Dave, tomorrow. Um, he'll be picking me up from my workplace and we'll be driving up to Asheville to meet y'all. And then we'll all hop in the band together. And of course, drive north uh, towards the starting line uh, in Grayson Highland Park in Southern Virginia. Um, uh, are you ready, man? How you feeling? I'm not ready yet, but I'll be ready <laughs> come Friday, leg six. Okay. Very good. You <laughs> you know, as I mentioned on the outset, you know, in the, uh, my, my last few days have not been the best, um, but I'm, I'm on a steep recovery. So I've got my large 48 ounce recovery uh, water right here. I'm literally uh, eating as many calories as possible. I sent you guys the picture this morning of my two pieces of pizza, a banana and my coffee for breakfast. Um, so that's anytime an amazing I, breakfast. it is amazing <laughs> breakfast. I, I, and, and that's that I am simply trying to get as many calories in my body as possible. I, I didn't say this at the beginning, um, between, uh, Friday night and Saturday night or Sunday. I can't remember. Like it was literally Saturday. I don't even remember Saturday. I remember Saturday morning and then nothing else. Um, I lost 16 pounds. Um, and That's it was insane. Yeah. It, and it, it was almost scary. Um, and then Sunday I thought I was on the recovery path, but then Sunday night it all started over. So I'm not really sure, you know, what happened there but then monday things started calming down but i refused to eat anything but crackers and bananas and applesauce um and then mon or tuesday yesterday i finally started um getting back into real foods i, I promised myself i'd wait till the afternoon and i did and things started coming back together so i've been just you know eating everything i can trying to constantly drink to get hydrated um I haven't checked my weight. I, I assume I've probably picked up about five or six pounds, maybe. Um, so I don't recommend this as a um, getting to your rate, race weight strategy at all. <laughs> this is not this is not Eric's recommendation. I think this is a horrible way to do a taper week. Um, it certainly forced me to taper. Uh, even the the reduced taper plan that George you you presented to me that has not been enacted. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking tonight, maybe I'll do a quick spin on the bike. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'd say this mentally, I'm in a much better space than I was this weekend. But, but over this whole thing, and you can confirm or deny this, uh, I have, you know, I had a I had a big injury this year, probably the worst I've had in a long time. Um, so I, I didn't get the base in that I usually get in. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, I picked up COVID. And that really upset me. But I think I've finally come to the point where it's just you know, you show up on the day of the race and as long as you can get to the start line, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. You, you deal with the conditions that exist yeah. and the conditions that you're in or the condition yeah. you are in. Yeah. And then you adjust any plan you had to that and you continue to adjust it over the course. Yeah. Um, I've kind of chunked out the, the legs I have to run and they're, they're substantial. Um, uh, 
over five legs, 5,500 feet of gain, 3,200 feet of descent, and it's 40, almost 41 miles. So you add in warm ups and cool downs. I'm over 50 miles probably for the, for the two days. Um, it's going to be substantial and I'm just going to have to be really realistic about how much, how many calories I can get in. I'm going to have to be regimented about my, um, hydration and be realistic about the times. Cause it's not going to be like previous years. Sure. Um, so, and, and keep that goal in mind of not walking on leg 31. Well, I was going to say, and, and, and even before, um, the various obstacles, uh, that have risen for you over the course of the past few weeks that you just described, even before that you were saying that your big goal was to focus on leg 31 and to do well on leg 31. Is that still kind of the goal? So that, that is the goal. I think there's a larger goal. I've looked over the last four years of the Blue Ridge Relay and honestly, a lot of my stage races and ultras and the, the pattern, there is a pattern that exists where I'm a little over ambitious going into the race. And then I, I hang on as long as I can in the middle of the race. And then the end of the race is just a slog. And part of that's part of ultra like that, that is what's going to happen. But what I've been trying to do in my training since I got back into it after my hip injury and I started training is I tried to really institute a negative split philosophy sure. and not in the, the negative split is the result. The, the philosophy is go out at a really realistic pace and then ratchet down as you can over the course of it, but do it based on what's, what's possible, not what you want to do, you know, not, not what's in your head. And so I've been trying to really, hammer that into my brain through training because and, and or the, one of the the result of that should be that 31 is the the hard one you know 31 is the difficult leg and that's the one that i want to perform on so and this philosophy yeah this philosophy should lead to my goal for this race which is to get through 31 awesome. and not not just get through it you know I, i've run 31 at 11 minute average pace that's not the goal the, the goal is to get 31 done in the nines. If I'm feeling good, ratchet it down, ratchet it down, ratchet it down um, as I'm going up it, but not go in, you know, running seven minute paces at the beginning of the race so that I get there and all I'm capable of is starting at nine minute pace. That, that, that won't get me done. So. Yeah. Finish 31 with an effort that you feel proud of, you know, that's, that's actually what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's a good goal. Important question. How many pairs of shoes you bring? So I'm, uh, <laughs> that's a great question. So I am you're running, you're running six times. So how, how many pairs of shoes you bring in for your six runs? I currently have five pairs of shoes. Okay, good. That's why I like it. And, and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I have five pairs of shoes. Now, having said that, um, three of them are, um, endorphin pros. <laughs> One of them is an endorphin pro two. So of those okay. three, um, and then I have, I have my, um, I have my speed elites mm -hmm. and I have a pair of endorphin speeds. Um, they're just a backup shoe in case I get someone, something waterlogged. I am planning to race everything except for the shortest leg in the endorphin pros right and the endorphin good. pro twos as much as possible. I, I absolutely love that shoe. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. And, what about and, you, George? and you, George, I'm bringing four pairs of shoes. So I have, my, my, my leg setup is interesting. I have a lot of legs that are between 5k and about just over five miles. Um, I am running eight times 
and the, the, the first five legs, that's what all of them are. So every single one of them is going to be between about 20 minutes and about 35 minutes. Um, and so that's kind of the sweet spot for the first five of them for me. Um, and then I have a long one that's eight and a half, which I'm trying to, to make sure I don't go to sleep on. Um, and then I have uh, that super steep 33 that we've talked about that's five and a half. But of course, it has those really steep up and downhill grades in it. Um, and then I have the final leg, the finishing leg, which... I, I'm paying less attention to the grades on that one and more attention to the fact that there are literally 28 turns in it. Um, and so I'll, I'll make sort of a game day decision about what the, the shoes are going to be for that one. But, but no, I'm bringing um, my, my deviate nitros, just my regular training shoes, um, which I always bring just in case I, I, I need a mental or physical break from trying to really push the pace wearing uh, plated shoes or fast shoes. Um, I'm bringing uh, endorphin speeds. I'm bringing my, um, deviate nitro elites, which are, um, my current marathon ratio. Um, and since I'm planning to race London in those in about three weeks, that will probably be my, my go-to shoe. Um, that's the shoe that I wore for the entire tobacco road relay. Um, and then I'm also going to bring my Skechers razor elite, but it's the, the, the pair of plated Skechers that I have as well. Um, and I might wear those in one or two of the really short legs. Um, just to kind of mix things up and, and, and enjoy wearing those because I haven't gotten to wear them a whole lot over the course of a short while. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be fun. Michelle, on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you for next week when we come back and tell you about how we did? I'm super excited for hearing about the Blue Ridge Relay. Um, <laughs> typically, there's a little bit of a downspin after we recap it for a few weeks we don't talk about it so much <laughs> and then we pick it up again <laughs> so you're, you're listening to you're looking forward to the post blue ridge relay recovery okay fair um yeah, yeah well we you got know, other stuff to do this year so so i, I mean, know i have the london marathon always... three weeks later we will have to quickly pivot to talking about that instead so so i'll look forward to that instead. i know so very good very so. good eric <laughs> okay. final thought um, I'm just excited um, about Friday and Saturday. Actually, I'm excited about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because I get to spend all that time with you guys. Um, and um, calories and hydration. The, that's my goal right now, calories and hydration. So, Absolutely, yeah. buddy. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Um, Michelle, final word? Well, I just pulled over to give a kid Dramamine, so I think it's a good place to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Awesome. Very good. Very I'm good. not kidding. I, uh, I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. Eric, thanks for being here. You're welcome, George. Thanks, you, Michelle. Bye, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, on Twitter at pleasantpodcast, or on Instagram, mostpleasantexhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, so share us with your friends. Don't forget that we're sponsored by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, on Facebook at facebook.com slash itlcoachingperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. We're also sponsored by Blue Pineapple Travel, bluepineappletravel.com, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, and on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, don't forget we're sponsored by SlayRx. That's slayrx.com, facebook.com slash here4slayrx, that's the number four, slayrx, Twitter at official slayrx, and Instagram 
here for Slay RX, the number four Slay RX. Discount code PLEASANT22. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.